Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Yinzer and Ginger podcast. I'm your host, the Yinzer, joined by the Ginger. How you doing, everybody? This week, we're going to get into uh, last week's NFL, our bets, and some the upcoming three bets, our top three bets for this week. So to start us off, uh, what was some of your hits and misses from last week? Uh, so this week was pretty brutal. Um, I had Dolphins money line versus Jags was a hit. Steelers minus four. Bills Rams over forty six and a half, and Niners Giants under forty two and a half. My misses were Falcons minus three, which that's the most frustrating one of them. <laughs> um, I'll give it the second most frustrating uh, behind my Eagles absolutely shitting the bed versus the. Uh, sorry, the Rams, the Bengals. It'd be respectful I, if you should have had against the Rams. I mean, we did. We did that last week. Yeah, but like, it doesn't sting as much. Yeah, this one, this one stung a lot. Um, uh. But the rest of my misses are Titans minus two and a half, uh, the football team on the money line, Cardinals minus five, Ravens minus three and a half. So that puts me at eight and nine on the season for a hit, uh, a hit rate of about 47%. Not bad, not bad. I like how you actually did the average there. Um, so, my hits start off with the Green Bay versus New Orleans over 51.5. Uh, then we got Colts plus 10.5 versus Jets. That risky top three bet from last week. Uh, and then the Cowboys versus Seahawks over 55.5. Steelers minus four over the Texans. And then my misses start off with the Jaguars on the money line versus the Dolphins. And then I, the other misses I had all involved like stupid parlays or boosted bets. So I'm not going to go into them because it would take me an hour just to explain what the parlays were. Understandable. I also parlayed all my picks because I figured, you know, if I'm having a hot week, let's make it real hot. Yeah, and then it was real brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so continue on with our competition of our top three bets of each week. The current score is 4-2 You're to myself, the Yinzer. I uh, had a flawless week last week, knowing all three bets. Uh, chance didn't hit any. Again, if you want to check out those bets, go check out our social media. Uh, you can find them posted on Facebook. All right, so Chance, why don't you start us off with your first pick of the top three bets? My first pick is going to be Saints minus four versus the, where'd it go? It's the Detroit Lions. Ah, versus the Lions. Saints minus four versus the Lions. Not a bad one. Uh, So my first one is Dallas minus four and a half versus Cleveland. I didn't even see that line. I probably would have jumped on that i made that bet early in the day it might have changed uh, i'm looking at the lines right now that's what it's at on uh, fanduel okay uh i my second pick is gonna be bills minus three versus bills minus three versus the raiders you, you were feeling hot on the raiders last week what happened you <laughs> hey. We'll get we'll get to that in the uh, in our recap segment, but uh, okay, it's not 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 on the bandwagon anymore. Well, well, I won't even say it's not even on the bandwagon. I still have faith in the Raiders. I think they're a good football team, but I think the Bills are playing some really good football right now. It's true. Uh, and I, right. I mean, if the if the Pats beat them this week, I feel like the, the Bills beat a better football team in the, in the Rams. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I got my next one is Denver versus Jets over 39 and a half. I, both are very low scoring offenses, but I think Denver can pull off on that no defense the Jets are putting up. And I think the Jets can muddle a few points to get to that over. Yeah, that'd be, uh, I mean, that, that could very well turn into to the old 9-3 uh, to three field goal fest. Yeah. <laughs> with those two offenses. Uh, next for my third pick, I have Cards Panthers under fifty-one. I nice. think without McCaffrey there, and I think maybe 
Uh, I think I think without McCaffrey there, the the Carolina offense has lost some of its teeth. I think the Cards might go a little bit more conservative this coming week after Kyler's three picks in his uh, his afternoon this week. All right, and my last pick is Bears plus two and a half versus the Colts. And the only reason I'm making this bet is because I know Big Dick Nick is starting for the Bears coming this Sunday. That's like when you first said that, I'm like, what is he thinking? And it's like, oh, Big Dick Nixon? I don't know. Their offense really seemed to click when he came in. Oh, yeah. And I am, I would never bet against Big Dick Nick. He's the only person that deserves that Super Bowl rating from that Eagles team. Everyone else can suck it. Okay, let's let's <laughs> let's uh, curve back some of that there. Oh. If you want to get into that? We can get into that. But nah, nah. But it's then, true then, though. Then you'll have me coming at, you at the last Stillers Super Bowl win and that you know, team effort. I don't think you want that team effort. I mean, it was still Cowers team. Tomlin just kind of took over and still won one. But anyway, different story, different time. Do you uh do you have any best picks like some good ones that you have prepared in case like I took one of yours because I know I have one in case you took one of mine because you seem to love to do that. Uh yeah, we think alike, man. But um, I also had Denver minus one and a half versus the Jets. I think Denver is still the better team out of those two. You know they're both pretty bad. That that seems like a pretty good bet in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, a pretty low I'd line. Pro- I'd probably like... follow you there. That's almost a pick 'em. Yeah. Um. Uh, my my uh, fourth one I had was um, Baltimore minus 13 versus Ooh. Washington football team. That's a big spread, but I think this is a pissed-off Baltimore team after just getting handled against Kansas City. That, that was a hard-fought match between those two. Yeah, uh, I definitely I, I have that coming up, a little bit of a breakdown on that. So Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely break in more into these games as they, when we get into our one-liners, um, which... I think we're going to now, unless you have one more pick. Nope, that's all I got. All right, so to start off our one-liners, this is kind of a new segment we did last week. So we basically give a one-liner, encompassing the whole game, and then we give a little brief discussion. So Chance, why don't you start us off? My first one-liner I have is Steelers versus Texans. My one-liner is Steelers surge in the second half to come back and win. And looking at the game log here, they shut them out in the second half after trailing going into halftime, uh, 21 to 17. So I'm, I'm sure you watched this game. Do you have a little bit for it? Yeah. Uh, again, as I've been saying, this Steelers team is definitely built around that, uh, that defense, not the offense. Um, the defense is the only reason they've been winning games. They've been able to hold teams in the second half, uh, keeping the score low for the little bit of offense productivity they have, uh, which is reassuring because I'm assuming Big Ben is eventually going to get in the groove of getting the ball to where he needs it and maybe get a little bit more on those downs. <clears throat> he, he has been spreading the ball a lot. He's not just a uh, – it's not a Ben and Juju Smith-Suits show. So he, he's getting the ball. Ebron has been a big factor in the game. But, yeah, it's definitely a defensive team right now. Yeah, Ebron was actually tied for the most receptions on the team this week. Uh, he yeah, was actually ahead of Juju in terms of receptions. I don't yeah, know, Juju's uh, been a very uh, underproductive, and I think it's just because he's been getting covered a lot. Yeah, being I don't think he fits well as a number one in my personal opinion. But um, he had five. Ca- uh, I'm sorry, four catches on five targets for 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did. Ebron yeah. actually outpaced him on targets and tied James Washington for both targets and receptions, but had a touchdown and a few more yards than James Washington in those receptions. Yeah. Again, Juju might not be the wide receiver he was made out to be a couple years ago, but uh, he's also considered the number one, so he might be getting double covered a little bit more than Washington. Washington just I, gets open a little bit more. I think that's absolutely what you're seeing. And, you yeah. know, unless. Uh, I think we talked about this last week. I feel like you see a lot more number two options. Unless, you know, the number one is a guy like Deontay Hopkins or Julio when he's, when he's uh, healthy or A.J. Green in his prime. Unless number one guy is one of those guys, I feel like your number two tends to pace your number one. Yeah, and it's always – but number one is always coming in those clutch plays and making the big plays normally. At the oh, end 100%. Of the day. Like, you're still looking for your number one in those big situations. 
Yep. All right. So I'll go into my first number one, the Eagles versus the Bengals. So Wentz, consistently inconsistent. Um, I dug deep into his stats into the overall NFL. He is graded in the bottom five for all NFL quarterbacks. Um, and it doesn't matter what category you search by, he's still in the bottom five. Each thing has reception, uh, reception at, uh, percentage and <clears throat> interceptions and whatever else. ESPN rates their quarterbacks on and then just the overall rating itself still averaging his two interceptions per game um, and all right still averaging his two interceptions per, per game uh, the Bengals do have a semi-decent defense around him and I know the Eagles are suffering from injuries but got to get it done against that team I mean, I'm starting to notice a bit of a trend on your uh, Eagles breakdowns here. It seems like you're just coming it, after Wentz. Because he is the weak point of that offense, man. I mean, the running game's not getting it done either. Like, the Eagles as a whole are just underperforming. They're, I'm just saying. Defense is getting it done when they need to, and the running game, I feel like, in my opinion, isn't there. So. As soon as I see another big factor, I mean, Miles Sanders, it, it might more be more your offensive line. I know you guys are struggling there, but. At the end of the day, like you can't be getting sacked multiple times, not being able to throw the ball away, and getting two interceptions per per averaging two interceptions per game for the last three games. Like, come on. I mean, for what it's worth, I'm looking at the sack numbers here. He was sacked less than half the times that Burrow was sacked. I'm looking. Uh, Wentz was sacked three times for 19 yards. Burrow was sacked eight times for 56. Oh, I'm not saying your defense can't get get the other quarterback down, but I'm just saying it's. How many times did you say Wentz was sacked? Three. Three? That's not too bad. Last week was a little bit worse. I feel like it was upwards of five, but still. I feel like you're right. Yeah. You got to get that ball away. Um, it just doesn't look good when you're bringing down your team. I, and it might be more rooted in the offensive line, but I really feel like it falls a lot on Wentz. He's the head of that offense. He needs to take control. For what it's worth here, if you want to look at targets and receptions by players for the Eagles... This game, you had 11 targets to Greg Ward, 10 to Zach Ertz, and you had 8 to Miles Sanders. Now, those are names, I mean, maybe not Greg Ward. I would personally, I would like to see him much lower on the targets and receptions chart, but uh, 8 receptions on 11 targets for 72 yards and a touchdown, not terrible. I'll take that. But beyond those guys, you see two catches from John Hightower, uh, three catches from Dante Burnett, Deontay Burnett, never heard of him. And two catches on four targets for Deshaun Jackson. Uh, those two catches resulted in 11 yards. And as far as he fits into the offense, that's not the kind of catches he needs to be making. But I guess that comes down to, to when Wentz throws him the ball, I suppose. But I mean, looking at the, re the receiving numbers this game, you're not seeing the names on there that you expect to see. I mean, uh, Jalen Rager, the fir our first-round receiver draft pick, is down. And uh, Deshaun Jackson left this game with a hamstring injury at half. So we're it's just like the tail end of last year. Wentz is out here throwing to grocery baggers, man. So there's just not much you can do about it, I suppose. I don't know. I, I still think it comes down to Wentz more than his, his grocery baggers, to quote you. Yeah, but you right. know, we'll we'll see as it continues. I, I will agree that I think Wentz has missed a few throws that he really should have been making, but I, I think to blame all of the woes of the of Philadelphia this year on him is a little bit steep. Hey, we'll we'll see if it continues. All right. Next up, we have Dolphins versus Jaguars, and I have that the beard prevails over the stash. Fitzmagic safe, but un but uninspiring. The numbers here, I have Fitzmagic through for 160 yards on 18. He's 18 for 20. That's one hell of a completion percentage. Average of 8 yards a, a catch. 160 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Safe, but doesn't really light up the stat sheet. No, and it's what Fitzmagic has been doing the last, like, five years of his uh, old age, you know, he has a few breakout games where he does pretty well in like the fantasy markups and wins his 
uh, team a game here and there. Uh, not a very consistent quarterback. Uh, but I will say I wanted this one liner for this week, and I was going to really make just about the same one liner that you did. <laughs> Personally, I would put um, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill in the same category, in my opinion. Um, I think they're both very – they don't light up the stat sheet, but they're going to make the throws they need to make. Yeah, I would so, agree. Also have uh, Minshew again, lights up the stat sheet, you know, 30, uh, 30 passes and 42 attempts, or 32 completions on 42 attempts, 275 yards, but no touchdowns and one pick. Yeah. So, I, I think he's flashy, but I don't think he's getting the, do- the job done there. Granted, I think he suffers from a complete lack of a supporting cast. Yeah, he's doesn't have a whole lot to work with, and he's not a quarterback to make do with what he's got. He, he's not Aaron Rodgers is my per, is the person I'd love to use for this. Like, has never really had a all star offense around him. He's always just kind of made do what he got, and he he's that franchise quarterback that can do that. And that's a very special talent. Oh, I think so. He he really makes the guys around him better. Yes, he he, he elevates them. Like Wentz needs to do with his. Uh, grocery baggers. I mean, that's what he did tail end of last year, man. If you, this is this is a topic for another day. <laughs> if, All if right. If you want to have a full blown discussion on Carson Wentz, we can do that, but not today. All right, going into my next one: uh, Bears versus Falcons. Big Dick Nick saves the day. That's right. You all thought he was going to be gone forever, just sitting as a second string quarterback like Philadelphia had him wasting away as big dick Nick comes in as the bears for the bears wins a game score. He comes in the third quarter, gets three TDs. It seals the win against the Falcons and it also screwed up chances bet, which makes it so much better. That's the worst. I, that was my team <laughs> I bet this week, man. That, was, that, that, uh, that really hosed me. That, that, that stuck my week. And I'm looking at the, you know, I'm like, because you know the Eagles were playing like ass, so I'm like, I'm turning this game off. Let me let me listen to something else. Um, <laughs> and I and I go to throw up that game, but uh, I look at the score. I'm like, ah, oh, there's no need. This game's in hand. You know, 16 point lead in the second half. No reason to worry. And then you know, a few minutes later, I see uh, Bears bench Trubisky Nick, uh, for Nick Foles. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I looked later oh, in the day, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I yelled about it. I, I was really not happy about this game. Yeah, he threw for 188 yards, which isn't, like, a great week, but he also only played a quarter and a half, roughly. Um, so he didn't have a full game and still put up a decent number, in my opinion, uh, especially those three touchdowns. Yeah, that's definitely a good day. I mean, that's a, that's an av- that's a decent day. Uh, I think, let me look here. He had a better day than Cam Newton had in four quarters. <laughs> I believe it. Cam Newton, 17 it. completions, 28 attempts, 162 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Nick Foles had a better game of football in two quarters. That is. Um, yeah, I, I will never go against the big dick Nick. I mean, you can't. He... It's, you can't do it. Exactly. All right. Want to take on your next one? All right, next up, I have Bills versus Rams. And then my liner, my one-liner is, Bills come back late as Allen continues rise toward elite status. Um, Allen spread the ball around pretty well. He had five receivers with four, tar- or four receptions or more. Uh, in my opinion, I think if he keeps this up, he's definitely going to be in the conversation as an elite quarterback. You know, if... If late career Flacco can be considered as an elite quarterback, I think Josh Allen can be too. What do you think? Yeah, he's definitely proven his worth. Um, he's been doing really good. Even last year, he was throwing up good numbers. <clears throat> the, and he, uh, I mean, he didn't really show in this game, but like the Bills' defense is nothing to shy away from. And the pairing of Josh Allen on offense and then the Bills' defense is. Um, no one would keep in teams to a reasonably low number. 
uh, for a score. Really just makes for a lethal team, and I, I definitely think we're going to see some better things out of Josh Allen. The one thing that Josh Allen's rise, his meteoric rise this year, really upsets me is that every week, week in and week out, I knew I could have a little bonus bet. You could almost, you could set your watch by it, that you could bet the Bills under every week. It didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now that Josh Allen's out here throwing up, you know, three, four touchdowns a week, it's like, what, what are you doing? You're supposed to co- score 14 points, hold the other team to 12, and let me bet the under. Come on. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of ruined that little bit of a little bonus for me, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure Bills fans are happy about that one. Yeah, they'd be jumping into tables all season. <laughs> Bills Mafia. Hell yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah I'm definitely interested to see how the Bills turn out this year. If they can string enough, enough games together and make a nice playoff run throughout the uh, playoffs. All right. Do you have anything else for that game? No, nah, that's all I got. Okay, so next game I got is Colts versus Jets. Donald belongs at McDonald's. So <laughs> D- Sam Donald is the quarterback for mm. the New York Jets. He was the first-round pick back in 2018, and he I don't think I need to convince anyone that he has not been producing – um, their, co- their coach is sticking with him though through this week at least um, I read an article about his interview that he just had that he plans on continue to play Sam Donald throughout um, he's t- he said he's still young he needs to get used to it but like sooner or later you gotta get tired of losing football games and if they have a chance in these next upcoming games Denver's it for this next week but in my opinion, I mean, we just brought up Joe Flacco. He he's the backup quarterback there in New Jer- in New York for the Jets, and he's proven he can win games back in Baltimore. Even back when he was in Denver, he won a couple games, and I I think he's a solid backup quarterback that you might want to put in. Uh, maybe give Sam Donald some more practice. Um, maybe bring him back a little bit later in the season if Joe Flacco doesn't turn out, but. And then Rivers is looking good as ever in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis, he has still been slinging. Um, he keep the ball gets moved around a lot. Run, they've been running the ball pretty good. And the Jets are just looking awful. The crazy thing about that quarterback draft class was there was five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Mason Rudolph was drafted in the third as well. But you have Baker at number one, who has, in my opinion, underperformed on his career. Sam Darnold at number three, another bust. Don't even bring Josh Rudolph. Allen. I don't, I don't want to talk about Rudolph. Oh, we're going to talk about Rudolph. <laughs> you have Josh Allen taking seven. And I think he was definitely a slow starter to his career. And then you have Josh Rosen, who's now on his second team already. And who has been passed over by, you know, 38 uh, passed over for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is 38 years old. Then at 32, you have Lamar Jackson, another slow starter, didn't really get early playing time, you know, behind the uh, elite <sighs> Joe Flacco. Sorry, I had to, I was choked <laughs> on that coming out, as you could hear. Um, and then, you know, the next quarterback taken was Mason Rudolph, who, when he played, I would have rather Duck Hodge. Same. So. Yeah, that's why I don't, that's why I said don't bring up uh, Rudolph, because. I definitely think Tomlin made a mistake in not putting more more stock in Hodge. I really think it was like, this is our high-round pick. We should be investing in him, getting him some playing time. Even though I feel like good old Ducky was the way to go. I mean, only one of them got beat over the head with his own helmet. So I'll just leave that <laughs> at that. Uh, very but true. I think that, that quarterback draft class has overall pretty well underperformed granted you know rudolph a third round pick but there's been much better drafted much later than him so i mean what um tom brady was drafted like seventh round round, i believe or round five i was gonna say i was gonna say eighth but sure anyway a a later round quarterback draft and yeah i mean even he's the goat dak was a fourth rounder and yeah don't get me wrong i think dak is a little overhyped because oh, for sure. good, puts up good regular season stats, but hey, he doesn't, they don't win anything. 
it doesn't matter how good you are in the regular season, how many, how well your stat sheet looks, matters if you're a winner. Yeah, I, I, Dak is definitely overhyped. I mean, that Seattle game last week, he he looked uh, pretty good going against uh, that good Seattle offense. But like we both agree, like there's no defense if you speak of on either of those teams. No, I think usually when you see Dak matched up against a solid defense, he like a run of average or above defense he his numbers tend to shrink up a little bit and he relies more on running the ball yeah which you know isn't sustainable we, we've but. been over it man it's just oh, how yeah. he plays all right next up i have the lions versus the cardinals and i have that stafford match murray yard for yard but arizona can't overcome three picks from kyler both quarterbacks threw for 170 yard or 270 yards i'm sorry on one, on only one difference of completion. So, you know, make of that what you will. But the only difference being that Kyler threw three interceptions. So, and even the best offenses have a hard time overcoming three turnovers. Yeah, I would agree. It was definitely just comes down to you know, Kyle Mary just producing and making those, uh, and not making those mistakes. I. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when those interceptions happened, but if any of them were late game, those are definitely um, what lost you the game. That's that's for sure. Um, I don't know exactly when they all occurred. Um, yeah. I don't think it's very important to get into, but like it doesn't really matter because that those are three opportunities that could have been touchdowns that they lost out on. Absolutely, and even if you know only one of these turns into a field goal, which it's a three point no. game, man. It, it was a three-point game. That's overtime right there, and that gives you a, a chance to win, you know? Yeah. Definitely uh, kind of follows on Kyle Murray making those interceptions. I mean, he's still a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Um, you can't – it's only three interceptions and still pulling up 270 with a still a decent completion percentage. Uh, it just shows that he does play good, but just making a few more mistakes – uh, few more making a few of those mistakes just really could uh, make a difference in that game. Yeah, the only other thing I have is that Hawkins continues his absurd number of targets and receptions. He was uh, ten receptions, one hundred thirty-seven yards on twelve targets, and Larry Fitz only ended this game with one target. And I think if you really want to see the best out of DeAndre Hopkins, you have to be feeding. You have to get Larry Fitz involved as well. You know, oh, yeah. he, he's going to keep those safeties a little bit shallower on those underneath routes, and he's just a sure-handed player. So that's all I have for that game. All right, so next one I got is Saints versus Packers. And this is Rogers' golden years as Breeze is in decline. So I think we're going to Rogers uh, is 36, I believe. He's right around there. I think this is the couple years we're going to see Rodgers really perform he actually has some tools he seems to like around him uh he's been taking the helm doing what uh Rogers does best and that's a win football games um Saints I it's Breeze I really think is struggling without uh Michael Thomas same issue he had last week you know uh he's depending on Kamara a lot and he Kamara has been taking on that load but uh, it's hard for Kamara to play with uh, two people, especially when Michael Thomas is already playing for two people. So Kamara is being asked to do a role of basically three people on a normal team. And, I mean, he, he's trying, but it's still not going to be enough for the Saints to be a competitive team. I mean, I'll tell you, what, looking at the box score here, these two, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, had a very had very, very comparable afternoons. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers just kind of probably had a little bit better depth of target, but... Uh, you have Aaron Rodgers, 21 completions, 283 yards, three touchdowns on 32 attempts. You have Drew Brees, 29 completions, 36 attempts, 288 yards, three touchdowns. He had very, very comparable afternoons. And this this game really came down to, like, you know, one team just getting that break. Yeah. That's really what it came down to. And I, I think Green Bay got the break. This game could have easily been, you know, a seven-point game the other way. Oh, for sure. And Green Bay did get the uh... – last score um but you know if you had michael thomas out there i think there was like a minute and 40 left or give or so that the saints had to try to tie that game back up um i really think that if michael thomas is out there 
that gives Drew Brees a nice target that can stretch the field, uh, they might get down and get that touchdown. Uh, I believe what they did was they settled for like a field goal on first down to try and give themselves some time once they got the ball back. Oh. I, I remember watching this game. Yeah, you might be right there. But yep. still, um, that extra target might change their play around and could have got a little, did a little bit more, especially a target like Michael Thomas. That's for sure. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is a game-changing talent, and I think he's obviously missing from this team. So, the next up, have Panthers versus Chargers. And I have the Chargers go down by go down in death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> there was one touchdown scored on this on the Carolina side. They had five field goals. And the kicker for this is their only PAT attempt was blocked. <laughs> That's just astounding. Yeah. Uh, Chargers offense, I mean, you're playing with a rookie quarterback you didn't expect to be playing with. Um, I don't think he uh, – he definitely didn't have a bad week, um, especially being rookie standards. Uh, he, he put him up. I don't think he uh, – knows exactly when to make the best plays and and you saw in his first time playing you know he throws the ball away when he maybe shouldn't have or he doesn't throw the ball away he takes a sack and th these are the little things that you learn from experience of playing the game and he, he doesn't have um at all yet for the nfl level and i feel like he's just going to continue to develop though I mean, I, I think Herbert did what he had to do to put his team in a position to win, let's be honest. You know, 330 oh, yeah. yards, a touchdown, and a pick. That's that's not a bad afternoon, and that'll get it done more often than it won't. Um, I think it really very comes true. down to the, to the running game, you know. They did not run the ball very much. I no. mean, a grand total of 23 rushing attempts. Yeah. And three of those came from Justin Herbert. So. <laughs> you can do it all, what can I say? <laughs> That's yeah. how you want to put it, I suppose. Uh, he's but. young. He can handle those type of things. Oh, yeah. You know, scrambling around, trying to get that. Those, you know, a couple yards that could have ended up in a play of nothing, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, one of those, uh, I don't think he lost yards or didn't gain any. Because he had a, his long run was for 11, which isn't, like, unheard of for a young quarterback to take one run for 11 yards. Um, and he only accumulated 15 yards for the entire game of rushing. Herbert, that is. But uh, in total, only having 117 yards. It was other 100, roughly 100 yards coming from Eckler and Kelly. Uh, Eckler, I think, needs to step up his game a little bit. I, I think uh, so, he, too. You've, you've got to have more out of him. Yeah. I mean, he, he's by no means like elite running back, but he's definitely t in the upper third, I would say, for the NFL. And oh, I should agree. be should be playing that level. I don't think he did that last week, but. For what it's worth, Eckler did have 11 catches for 84 yards. So he had more value as a pass catcher than he did as a as a rusher. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see that. Set, Which, but that, I mean, that definitely makes him a little bit Depending on the types of targets, you know, that could also kind of be an extension of the running game. You know, they talk about... Yeah, they do like screen like, passes or... Yeah, your screen, your shovel pass. pass type things. Yeah. You know, that's kind of an extension of your running game. So, you know, I mean, he had 11 catches here for 84 yards. Pretty solid day. And yeah, and you see Keenan Allen really come back since Herbert has been the quarterback. Yeah, I definitely think. I mean, I don't just on the Chargers. It's just the Panthers just happen to be the better team this day. Yeah, honestly, in my opinion, though, it's like it's tough to see where um, the the one turnover I think is really what changed this game. You know, that's that's the whole determining factor. Yeah, I mean that one turnover. It was a uh, five point game. Could could have led to a touchdown. Could have led to the game winning score for chargers so oh for sure you know or even if maybe if just one of those field goals turns into a touchdown you, you see a whole different ball game you know changes oh, the play calling and all true. that true game within inside the 40 but not being able to make it that last 40 yards yep so uh what do you got next so my next one is the cowboys versus the seahawks the one line i set up for this one is the wild west shootout this is the highest scoring game of of the week both teams putting up big numbers and this led to um really just came down who who had the ball last and who and prescott throwing two interceptions so 
those two lost chances really put a hurt for the uh, Cowboys to maybe pull out this game. But I think we both kind of agree that Seattle is definitely the better team in this instance. I definitely agree. Um, I think that uh, Seattle has a better receiving core. And uh, if you look here, Russell gets it done way more efficiently. You know, 27 completions for 315 yards and five touchdowns compared to uh, 37 completions, um, 472 yards, three touchdowns, two picks by Prescott. I mean, you could put up all the world, all the yards you want, but if you're not getting the results of the touchdowns and just taking care of the football, it doesn't matter. You could throw for a thousand yards in a game. You throw five <laughs> picks, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you throw for a thousand yards in one game and you don't win, that is just astounding. That would be, that would be an absolute anomaly <laughs> of football, and you would you would see people running documentaries about that game oh yeah but yeah i mean prescott i mean we we know russell wilson i think we at least everyone agrees that russell wilson definitely is the uh better quarterback out of the two and he just <clears throat> gets it done a lot more and like you said a lot more efficiently he's a, he's a really smart quarterback and it's come from you know years of playing behind a one behind a garbage line and two just years <laughs> of time in the nfl yeah. Do you have anything else for that one? I do not. Next up, I have Pats versus the Raiders. Pats running back rotation put a mediocre cam in the backpack for the win. Um, you see, you see uh, three different running backs here really getting a, uh, the bulk of the work. Uh, Sony Michelle, nine touches. Rex Burkhead for six. And J.J. Taylor for 11. And Cam Newton for another nine. Cam had a very, very, very pedestrian day. Passing the ball, 162 yards, one touchdown, one interception on 17 completions. And, you know, I, I don't think people talk about, oh, you know, Belichick's just giving him a prove-it deal, you know, prove it. And, like, I think he'll be back. I don't think he will be. I don't even know if he'll be in the NFL next year, frankly. Um, I certainly don't think he's going to be a starter unless he turns around throwing the ball because he has not done well throwing the ball. Yeah, Cam Newton is definitely not the Cam Newton of four years ago when he was league MVP or in the running to be league MVP. I'm not sure if he got it. But, um, yeah, he hasn't been throwing the ball well. Uh, he's scrambles probably a lot more than he should. Uh, and I really think Belichick is – you say given that prove it deal, but I really think he just has something coming up in the line that he's going to be looking for next year. And Cam Newton's just a, uh, a bridge to get to that. I would hundred percent agree with that at this point. I think he's just kind of driving him like a rental car. <laughs> just ride him hard. You don't own it anyway. Who cares? Yeah. And he can like you said, he's going to be a uh, backup for some team next year. Uh, I, I see maybe one of the, shittier teams picking him up they they may uh get a little bit more use out of him run him hard even more and then he's gonna be out of the uh nfl because you cannot treat your body like that for this long and still be productive yeah um and i think this game really came down to the turnovers by um by las vegas you see uh Carr had two fumbles and jacobs had another and I think that that really turned into the um, the difference in this game. Yeah, and the, I mean the Patriots defense is still nothing, just not that. Like they're still the Patriots defense. They didn't lose a whole lot on that end of the ball. No, they had some guys opt out, but I think they're still a relatively decent defense. Oh yeah. All right, so the next one I have is the 49ers versus the Giants. Do injuries matter? The 49ers put up a commanding win over the Giants, uh, putting up a win of 36 to nine. I mean, the Giants is not a great team by any means, but the 49ers is making do with their backup quarterback, um, Mullins, who was basically a no-name, and he comes out, throws out, throws out 343 yards, which is not a bad week at all. Definitely not. Um, and you look at, uh, you know, Danny Dimes across across the ball from him, and, you know, 180 yards and no pick, no touchdowns, not a good yeah. day. And San Fran's been getting it done on the ground very well. They had three touchdowns that they got. And uh, Mullins got one himself um, throwing the ball. That's definitely pretty good. 
They, well, they they've had a deep running back rotation since the start of the year, anyway. Well, yeah, I'm, but they're showing up for it at least. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, I don't really have anything else for that game. That was pretty much a blowout. Yeah, that that was just that one's just ugly. Next up, I have Browns versus a football team. Very pedestrian. Baker carried by running backs to a, another win. Uh, in this game. Uh, Baker threw for 156 yards and two touchdowns. I don't; those numbers just don't make sense to me. I, I guess they uh, let the running backs do the majority of the work, but don't let them cash in. I mean, at least you, unless your name's Nick Chubb. Nick <laughs> Chubb, 19 carries, 108 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, 16 for 46, no touchdowns. Well, it, it, go ahead. Uh, Kareem Hunt actually ended up catching a touchdown pass, so I guess they they let him have some of the pie. Yeah, and I mean, we, we brought this up earlier. That class, uh, that included ba- Baker Mayfield, uh, just hasn't been performing to what they were expecting to. And it's not like he doesn't have the tools around him. I mean, he has Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and then Chubb and Hunt on the running game that he can also, they both are very capable of catching balls um, and getting a touchdown off that way too. So it's not like he doesn't have the targets out there to hit. He has good targets all around, and he just can't get it done. I think he's just another quarterback in a long line of shitty quarterbacks in Cleveland. Very true. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know who they hire to develop these quarterbacks up there in Cleveland. But it's no one good. It's no one good. Yeah, because anyone they pull into the league just cannot perform. And they've, had, like, they've had some promising talent over the years too. Yeah, and I mean, when you come last in the league or second last in the league, almost every year, you you get some good picks, and they pull in quarterbacks, but they just can't develop them into NFL quarterbacks. No, in this game too, uh, Haskins had three picks. Um, I didn't watch this game, so I don't know if uh, I don't know if it came down to bad decision making by Haskins or if Cleveland made a nice play or if it was just batted balls. So, but also I have that. Uh, I think the big difference in this game was the rushing attack because. You know, Washington didn't have one. Their leading rusher had nine carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. It's an okay yeah. afternoon. You know, it'll... Definitely nothing, nothing to write home about, for sure. Oh, for sure. But that's about all I have on this one. Yeah, it was pretty pretty shitty all the way around. I mean, both teams only had a mascot, so how can, how can they be good? I think the Browns have a mascot. Some kind of, like, dog or something, I think. It is, it is a dog, but, like... What the fuck is a brown? It's nothing. It's a shit river that runs through Cleveland. That's what it is. Isn't that the same one that runs through Pittsburgh? No. Isn't it? No. My bad. Yeah. We got the Allegheny and the Monongahela. The Monongahela comes up from West Virginia, and the Allegheny comes from New York. Well, it actually comes from PA, goes through New York, and comes back down. But And that goes right. into Ohio, which geography boys. <laughs> nerd (laughs) all right so my last one is the broncos versus bucks is brady returning to glory he has three touchdowns in this game um both all getting 297 yards with those three touchdowns looking maybe like he's returning he doesn't need belichick i mean but he also going against a pedestrian defense at the broncos so who knows what this might turn out? He did only complete about fifty-eight percent of his passes, roughly. Um, so again, he is going against Denver, which isn't the best team. Yeah, I, I think it's yet to be seen whether uh, Brady's still a good quarterback or you know even an okay quarterback. I, I think he's been very hit or miss so far this season, and that's kind of that's the kind of inconsistency. You don't really see. You you haven't really seen from him. So I'm curious to see how he performs this season in Little Tom. Yeah. I mean, th- this is definitely the hit after the last two misses he's had. Uh, so, I mean, one for three isn't bad. I mean, he did pull out a win in the first week, but it's, it's not looking great for Tom Brady saying that he doesn't need Belichick and moving to Tampa Bay. But... The Tampa Bay needed him, and the game wins, so can't diss them too much. No, I mean, they're, they're still winning ballgames. And that's all that matters. 
that, that's all that matters. You're right. Last up, we have the Monday Nighter, Kansas City versus Baltimore. Uh, Mayholmes hates the offense while Lamar can't get going. And I say can't get going. He could not get going. 15 for 28, 97 yards and a touchdown. 97 yards. That's insane. That's the that's one of the worst quarterback days I've heard of in years, throwing the ball. Um, and he really didn't even add that much on the ground. I mean, call what you will, nine carries, 83 yards. But at no point in this game did, did Baltimore look like they had anything for Kansas City. Um, uh, I mean, he, Lamar looked uncomfortable, just off tempo all night. I don't know what Kansas City was doing, but they need to keep that one in the back in, in the back uh, file for come playoffs time. <laughs> and Baltimore's defense could not answer the call against all the weapons that Kansas City has. I mean, yeah, Baltimore's defense is a decent defense going against generally any team, but when you got Mayhomes out there being able to sling the ball to whoever he wants, and then. Being able to take the ball for a run if he needs to because he's just such an athletic quarterback, you can't cover it all. No. I mean, McCole Hardman had four catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. McCole Hardman's, I think, their fifth receiver. Yeah. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got it done both carrying the ball and catching. Five for 70 receiving and 20 for 64 rushing. Sammy Watkins had seven catches. Tyreek Hill doing what he does, and Travis Kelsey being an absolute just vacuum out there. Anything thrown into his area code, he's going to catch. So that's just a tough, uh, tough offense to stop. I don't, I don't even know how you scheme for that, but you know that's why I'm not a defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like, like I said, it's not like Baltimore doesn't have the tools to get it done. That's just a hard thing to go against. And Lamar Jackson on the other side of the field couldn't keep it competitive enough for, to pull out that win or get it within like a score and hope for the best. Um, he was just really struggling against Kansas city. The, like I was saying, they just didn't look good this game. Like and their, their defense is very strong. I think it's one of the better defenses in the league. Um, very athletic, very fast defense, but just not enough to get to keep up with Kansas city. It's too many matchups. Yeah. And I, not once has this year has Baltimore proven that they can be a high octane offense. Um, going like Lamar Jackson has been struggling all year. This isn't the first time. This is just a low. But he needs to get back in shape, do something because it's not the quarterback we all saw a lot last year. No, it's almost like a bit of a sophomore slump, so to say. He he's not well, like I know it's more than his second year in the league but it's his second his second year at the helm of this offense so well yeah second year actually playing yeah it's like uh Donald up there in uh New York it's not his first year in the league but it's his first year really playing and just not playing good <laughs> no all right so that's it for our one liners a little update for this upcoming week we had our first coronavirus scare in the NFL. The Titans have, I, I think, one player and three on the professional staff. I think it was um, three players, and I thought it was three players and five it ended up being. Oh, okay. It's worse than I thought. Coronavirus is sweeping through the Titans. Um, I'm sure we're going to see a couple more come up this week, and we'll see if this game even gets played. Uh, they're expecting to play it next, like, Tuesday or something like that, which really just throws a wrench into both teams' practice schedule and uh, getting prepared for the games after that. I mean, if they do play this game, I'm going to give it to the Steelers. It's Mike Tomlin, when he has a couple extra days to practice, almost always pulls it out. I'm not sure if his Monday night win games, but they it's a very good record. Uh, so if they do play... Later in the week, next week, uh, give it to the Steelers. Just a little prediction for you. Um, pulling that up right now. He's fifteen and two on on Monday Night Football. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, definitely seems like he's making use of those extra days of practice and rest, and just seems like he knows what he's doing there. Yeah, for sure. Doesn't get better than that. All right, so I I think that's about all we have for NFL recap. And then we're gonna go into a little bit of. NHL, the Stanley Cup is done. It's over with. Uh, at, you heard it here first. Probably not, but Tampa Bay did win the Cup. Uh, it's what we expected. 
Uh, Tampa Bay is going to be the more consistent team. Dallas has a few good nights. It's really what it comes down to. And they were more consistent throughout the series. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Chance watched too many of these games. I watched a couple, and it's what you saw. Tampa Bay played the same game they always do, um, and they always made it competitive. I guarantee you they could have won it out 4-1, and one, but that sun- last Sunday, I think they just kind of played a little bit easier. Um, if they came out with a win, they came out with a win, but they weren't going hard for it because they knew they had a 3-1 lead on them, and they can come back full speed on Tuesday to get that win. Yeah, the next season's quickly approaching. Uh, tail end of next month, I believe. So. Yeah, it's predicted for like October twenty second or something like that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic betting time. I'm looking forward to it because I think NBA starts up shortly thereafter, and that's right about as baseball ends. So it's gonna be a nice time to just keep going, keep betting. Yeah, Tampa Bay and Dallas. Get some rest, guys, because you're gonna need it. Oh yeah. I'm glad my uh, Boston Bruins be getting rested up. It's all planned for next year. I, l- I literally said that about the Penguins, and you made fun of me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's because the, the Penguins are just wrong and bad. Obviously. Yeah. All right. Back-to-back uh, back, what? <laughs> no one cares about your titles in 2012. Oh, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> and with that little standing cap recap, that's about all we got for you this week. So please go follow us on the social medias. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Yinzer and Ginger. Uh, we post our we post podcast updates, episode releases, and we also keep track of the competition between me and Chance and our top three picks. Um, so we'll see you next week. Bye from the Yinzer. Bye from the Ginger. See you, y'all.